Through Thick and Thin is a 12-month journey to discover your truest identity and calling in the Lord. Designed by and for young Vietnamese Catholics, this podcast welcomes special guests to discuss the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Now, here's your host, Vivian Nguyen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Through Thick and Thin. I'm your host, Vivian Nguyen, and if you are new here, I post every first Friday of the month. Each month is a chapter of this 12-month journey. We are halfway through this podcast, and I just have to say I'm extremely grateful for all the love and support you all have been giving this podcast so far. Um, And again, I just want to remind you that the mission of this podcast is to help you discover your truest identity and purpose. And I pray that as you tune into this podcast, you feel safe and loved just from where you are at. We are all imperfect human beings pursuing a perfect God, and to Him there is no better offering than giving Him full access to our hearts. In the previous episode, Sister Maria Kim and I reconnected with the idea of choosing God's peace over our own personal preferences, and how choosing to never compromise God's peace can bring us so much freedom and creativity and joy. Today, in recognition of Valentine's Day coming up, we will talk about love, relationships, and dating, but not in the way the world preaches. We are going to look at what a whole, holy, and healthy relationship looks like and how to date with purpose. And let me forewarn you, this is not a manual for how to get a boyfriend nor a manifesto for getting married. It's a conversation about the love you already have at your fingertips and using that love to nourish your relationships. And with that being said, I'm elated to have not one, but two guests here with us to talk about the love we are all searching for. Their marriage and the way they pursue each other is completely inspiring and such a blessing to witness. Let's welcome Daniel and Annie Lee. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Super excited. So first, we're going to start with an icebreaker. Um, Just checking in. How have you been? How has marriage been thus far? Yeah, marriage has been good. Um, a little over four months now, almost into five. Uh, pretty exciting. That's awesome. Uh, it's always um, very interesting to take one day at a time. Yeah, it's been great uh, being married. Um, didn't think I'd be here at this point in my life, but it's definitely <laughs> been a great transition to this next chapter. I've been super excited for you know what God has for me and has for us, and sure. excited to see you know the the things that we're gonna explore and discover about each other. So fun fact, I haven't told you two this, but you two got married at the church that I'm going to right now. Very nice. Um, nice. So that's my my community, my parish. So obviously when I saw that video that you sent me, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so cool. But I haven't had the chance to say congratulations. So congrats no. on Thank your you marriage. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. Any pet peeves about each other? <laughs> We're diving straight in. <laughs> wow. Uh, pet peeves? Honestly, no. We definitely have discussed things that bother each other and definitely work towards being mindful towards each other if there sure. is something annoying but I don't know I can't think of one you know I think any pet peeve that we used to have we learned to love about each other yeah and so we learn to just like because like you know I tell her all the time I reaffirm like hey I love everything about you and so all the pet peeves that you used to have are pet peeves that I probably still have um, <laughs> like, yeah, you probably love about me hopefully but all the pet peeves that you have definitely love about you now and they're kind of Aww. quite cute yeah that is so cute um okay we're gonna play a would you rather game this is a classic one that I'm just gonna ask you to would you rather go out for a date or have a date at home um you know I'd rather go out for a date um I think 
I, for me personally, I spend enough time at home because I work at home. We, we work mm-hmm. at home together um, where we have separate jobs. But yeah, no, like I think going out and just kind of doing anything really is always a good time when I spend it with Annie, you know, whether mm. it's just kind of going to the park or going yeah. to watch a movie or just, you know, just anything. And it's always a great time. So for me, going out on a date. I agree. And I think we have done a pretty good job at um, like even when we're just at home, we still make it a date type of thing. Like we'll cook dinner together. We'll clean together. We'll talk during dinner. It's not like we're just eating in silence. So I think, yep. uh, you know, both whether going out or staying out or staying in, it feels like a date night. Yeah, being intentional about it. That's yeah. so sweet. Okay, so before we kick off this conversation, I'm going to read a Bible passage from Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 to 40, just to preface this conversation, this topic that we are going to tackle. And then uh, we're going to follow it with your love, love story that you could share with our audience if you don't mind. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read a Bible passage from Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 to 40, and it says this. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And um, for me, I wanted to choose this Bible passage because I think we hear it so often And we think that it's so complicated to love God and love others. But I think it can be simple when we just put God first in our relationship and cultivate it into our personal life. And that's something that I, when you sent me your engagement videos and your wedding videos, like that was something I clearly saw in your love story. So do you mind sharing your love story with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what a great reading to start us off with. Actually, our reading for our wedding was John 15 and, you know, line 12 is, you know, I command you to love others the way I have loved you. Exactly. Um, So I think it's very appropriate for that. I guess for our love story, you know, we, you know, definitely believe that God has definitely interceded on when we became a couple because we've crossed paths for actually many years before we even started dating through Mm -hmm. mutual friends. Mm -hmm. We just never got the opportunity to talk and get to know each other Yeah, until one year we had a beach trip with all of our friends and somehow we just got drawn together. We sat and we literally talked until the sun came up and, you know, Daniel and I, we built our relationship on open, honest communication. Like literally no topic was left untouched that first night of talking everything from, you know, our family, what we see ourselves in the future, Uh, faith and religion, like, do we anticipate ourselves having kids? Like, all of those conversations happened our first night talking. Mm -hmm. And then we had our first date the day after. Mm -hmm. I met his family randomly the first weekend. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, the the weekend after is when we started dating. And, you know, as much as I value how how easily our relationship is, like, it definitely, it was not. Um, You know, the first six months were like, you know, any rom-com, right? We had ups and downs. We got to know each other more. We laughed a bit more. Much like what you said, we had quirks about each other that we got used to uh, <laughs> and, and honestly just learned to love. But yeah, like the first six months was wonderful, but really it was thereafter that kind of tested what our relationship was like. Yeah. Yeah. And so you basically after six months of our relationship, 
you know, I found a growth on my neck. Um, kind of curious what it was. Went in for a doc- couple of doctor's appointments, went to, you know, urgent care. And, you know, I've been told, like, oh, just the growth, you can get it drained. Um, you know, as soon as I got to urgent care, they're like, no, no, no. Like, they asked if, if it hurt. And I'm like, no, it doesn't hurt. And they're like, oh, no. And they put me in for x-rays and everything else. And then, like, from that probably happened at the end of November. And then going into December, it was test, 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 x-rays, exams, you know, blood drawings, biopsies, and everything else. And I think within, like, a three-week period, I probably saw the doctor, like, 18 times or more times than oh. I've ever seen the doctor in my whole life. And then on December 13th of 2019, like such a solid date in our memories was, you Friday know, when I was, the 13th. Yeah, Friday the 13th on the West. Oh my goodness. Was, yeah. Uh, when I was diagnosed with stage four nasal pharyngeal cancer. Oh. And I'm like, for me at the time, I'm like, all right, something's wrong. Like I have to get this fixed, you know, so I can eventually marry the love of my life because it was such a great six months. And then for her, I didn't understand the severity of it because I thought it was on a scale of 1 to 10, but she knew how severe stage 4 is. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. From there on out, it was just understanding her love of me and, you know, God's plan for us at that time, too. Because, you know, we didn't know what we were doing, where we were going. It was going to be marriage, but we didn't understand that when God interceded with this, that I was shown what true love really means. She was there for me for every doctor appointment. She would always take me to every doctor appointment. She did all her research about all of the side effects or all the drugs and all the side effects that's going to be happening, you know, potential, like what could happen. What She would also, you know, talk to the doctors. And because for me, I'm living it, right? So I don't have the time or the emotional capacity to fully grasp the situation. All I had was I need something's wrong with me. I need to get it fixed. And for Annie, she did all the research. She did all the support. She fully grasped the situation head on and took it like a champ, right? She she did so much for me during that time. She would take me to all my doctor's appointments, like I said. She would, you know, every single day for, you know, treatment, you know, she understood. She'd be by my side. And then, unfortunately, COVID happened. Um, so we weren't able to be in the same room together um, when I was going through treatment. But even during COVID, you know, she'd go home, work. Make sure she'd be washed up, wash her hands, shower and everything, make sure she'd be clean. Then go to the risk, risk her life going to the grocery store for me, grabbing what I needed. And then she'd come over afterwards and she would just, Aww. yeah, and she would just take care of me. The biggest turning point for me, how I truly knew, was when she got upset at me for not eating. That was a day where I was like, okay, I need to get my stuff together for her. Because if she's going to be that upset at me for not eating and taking care of myself, then I knew that she truly loved me at that point. Mm. Um, You know, and then after treatments and months of recovery, you know, we were finally able to just kind of celebrate and just kind of live our lives and get back to what a normal couple would be, I guess. Um, You know, we were able to do a lot of the dates that we wanted to do, go on walks, you know, go to the beach eventually go on a cruise that we were like that we booked 500 days in advance but (laughs) you know it was it was such a unique experience that I never thought I would have experienced you know and to have somebody who we've only been dating for six months so close by and to literally sacrifice her life you know her her well-being for me was just so inspiring and so so emotional such a beautiful story. And do you mind sharing um, when you got married? 
Just... We can talk about the proposal, actually. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. When we first started dating, she always told me she doesn't want a bouquet of flowers, but a bouquet of tacos. And so I'm like, <laughs> it was my mindset. of like, I got to make this happen somehow, some way. And so right before we were about to go to a camping retreat or a festival, I should say, I, I planned it out as a party planning committee with our really close friends. And, you know, one of her good friends, Monica, took her out for to get ice cream because we needed ice cream because we love tacos. And so I asked all my friends to get as many tacos as you can from just the local food carts or whatever. <laughs> and so we got a bunch of tacos, uh, got a bunch of cilantro, bought a bunch of limes. And I laid out like a big tinfoil spread on the table. And then I made a rose, three flowers out of tacos. So it was her bouquet of tacos. But each individual one in the center was I would cover it up. And so the first one was representative of the hard times we had. I kept all my medical bracelets. I kept, oh you know, gosh. all everything that rep- that reminded me of the time that we struggled through like three mm-hmm. years ago at that point. You know, thank you so much for being with me during this time that was probably the hardest time for both of us. You know, I know it was like emotionally draining for you. It was physically hard for me. And I always tell her that she was definitely the light in, in mm-hmm. that dark times. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I unveiled the second flower and it was just all the good times we're going to have, you know, the tickets that we've had um, for all the concerts we went to or, you know, like the tickets, the cruise we're about to go on. And then the third one was our future. It was my engagement <laughs> ring. And, you know, I told her how much I loved her and I proposed to her. So that was definitely great. And to answer your question, uh, we were married on July 22nd of 2023. So, yeah, that was stressful but it was a great wedding because like we have such large families that we had to plan it's the for fun type of stress yes exactly oh my gosh and daniel you're so creative with this taco thing i would never be able like oh, i don't know if anyone the best, could best surprise in the universe that is so oh. intentional oh my goodness okay so the reason why i wanted to start this conversation with you both sharing your love story is because when i listened to just the story you just shared and then watching your engagement and wedding video um, that you kindly shared with me, I know that your marriage and and this deep friendship that you have is sacred and genuine because there is real love. And I mean, it's so obvious to see that. And I think that many of us have lost sight of what real love is because of so many factors that have tainted our understanding of love, um, such as breakups, rejections, relying on emotions, um, to determine our relationship, social media, and even how Hollywood paints a picture of love. And for me, I like to think that there are two types of love, fake love and real love. And we all may be looking for the right kind of love, but if it's with the wrong person, someone who doesn't align with our values, but still go with it anyway, just to satisfy the desires of our hearts, or if that person tries to rush the timing or the season for whatever reason, then that's fake love. Um, Another way to frame it is St. Thomas Aquinas likes to say, to love is to will the good of the other. So if you truly don't want what's best for the other person and you don't treat them with the respect that they deserve, then that's fake love. And the amount of fake love we have in our culture right now is just so disheartening because we're settling for a knockoff version of love. Choosing to fall in love with fake will always leave us frustrated and distressed. But for me, I like to think that there is only one love that can radically tear down the filters of our hearts and carry us to our last breath. A love that makes us better, 
a love that gives us our worth and value, a love that brings light, like Daniel said, a love that changes everything. And I think that's real love. But the question is, what is real love? And so, Annie, I would like to ask you if you could help those listening know what real love is. Yeah, I mean, love is such a big term, honestly. And I'm sure we've all heard of like love languages, you know, Mm -hmm. acts of service, quality time. You know, we we have an idea of what love is. And I, I may be a little specific when I use the word love, but in my head, I, I do view as a, a sacrifice as a sign of love. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's easy to do things with someone because it's convenient, it works out, it's just easy. Exactly. But yeah. when, you know, when you start kind of rowing up river, when things get difficult, you know, you kind of have to sacrifice, you know, your sense of comfort in order to push each other to be the best version of ourselves, we had to seek discomfort, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we see that with, you know, in in my example, in my culture, like with my parents and our parents, you know, we see what they have sacrificed for for our well-being. And then we have seen, you know, if a good friend of ours is having a really difficult time, you sacrifice sleep to wake up and pick up that phone call. Right. Um, and then ultimately, right, like we see the love of God and sacrificing his only son, as well as, you know, Jesus himself sacrificing his life yeah, for us and us exactly. sinners. Like, you know, in our love story, right, like I I don't feel like it's a sign of sacrifice, but it's because I love you. And so that's why I'm like, okay, I can see why the word sacrifice and love goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm really is just to kind of take ourselves out of that self-centric look right and then start thinking holistically of what can I do to help you be a better partner let alone to make myself a better partner for one another Mm -hmm. sacrifice of comfort I guess is a good way to say it yeah and I love that you bring up sacrifice and then connecting that to how God paid the price because I truly think that real love in a way is found in a relationship with God because God is the God of sacrifice. Like he had that in his love for us. And so I I like to think of it as if God is the author of love, we're made to love, we're made to be loved. So in order for there to be real love, we need to predicate on the one who created love in order to know what real love is. And from what Daniel was sharing uh, with your love story, and I'm so sorry to just even hear what you had to go through. What I could see in Annie was that she accepted everything that came within um, that relationship. And I could see that in that that's real love because I know in there, like she has a, a big confidence in God in order to be able to understand what real love is. And for me to, to watch that is just so inspiring because it's something that I do not um, see often uh, in marriages these days. And I was wondering if you could also, like if you have any advice to couples who are in marriage, but having a hard time showing that love to each other, having a hard time respecting each other. And maybe they're going through every day, constantly fighting um, over the little things, bickering, arguing. What would be your advice to those, to those people just kind of in that, within that realm of issues? Yeah, uh, my advice is to understand how somebody is loved or how they internally take love. I know on the first episode, you know, Father Randy talked about the differences between love languages being a child and a father, or their parents, a child and their parents. Kind of same thing with their partner as well, you know, like 
the way that Annie receives love or gives love is different than the way that mm -hmm. I understood love when mm -hmm. I was growing up. And, and we're still constantly working on this, is just understanding truly the, lang the love language that we speak mm -hmm. and how I can help support her in those times as well. Where right. and, and it's just communication too and understanding the fact that I can't read her mind. I can't make assumptions, right? So right. I need to ask clarification questions and just fully understand like, hey, I did this, you know, is this truly how you're accepting or how you're receiving love? You know, you have to let me know if this is helpful or, you know, if it's if you're not, because I might perceive something one way, but she might perceive it another way. Right. So I might feel like I'm helping or I feel like I'm loving her, but she might not feel that way in mm -hmm. return. And Absolutely. so it's just kind of breaking down that barrier of mm -hmm. understanding what love is to each other. Yeah. And just from my own personal experience and what I've observed, um, my closest friend and I were not perfect, but the God that we both adore is. So when we do get angry or self-focused or impatient, when we have the standard of love to look to, that helps us make better choices in how we speak and treat each other in our relationship. And so now that we have set the grounds for what real love is, we can use those measures to build a strong and healthy relationship. But in order for any relationship to be whole, to be holy, to be healthy, both individuals have to be whole first. So Daniel, what is being whole as an individual look like? And what advice would you give to people listening? Yeah, uh, being whole is just understanding, you know, that God has a purpose for you um, through your faults, through your flaws, through your mistakes, you know, what might, what might seem like mistakes for you might not be mistakes in God's ultimate plan. Just understanding that you need to constantly work on yourself and your relationship with God um, and fully understanding that yeah, like God has a greater purpose for you. Um, you know, there was a time where I didn't understand that and I was just kind of going my own way. And I was like, oh, hey, this is my plan in my life. This is what I'm going to do. And as soon as I started, felt like I was veering off God's path, I knew it right away because he brought something up, whether it was a sickness or illness that realigned me mm. with God's plan, yeah, right? So good. You know, like I didn't envision myself getting sick, obviously, but, you know, through that, he gave me a purpose through that, right? He gave me the understanding of gratitude. Mm. He gave me the understanding of being thankful for the things that I had, right? Mm. You know, as hard as it was and as difficult as it was, I, I, I thank God that it was me, right? Because I had the support system for that. I had Annie by my side. I had mm. my family. I had my friends. Mm -hmm. And I, I can go as far as saying, even if I didn't experience that, I don't think I'd have the gratitude in my heart for God that I do now because I experienced that. Mm. Um, so, you know, just understanding God's purpose for you and that knowing that you have a purpose in God's ultimate plan mm -hmm. and that sometimes what you have envisioned in your life doesn't align with what God has, but whatever God has aligned for you is so much better. Right. Like my plan is just, it doesn't compare to what right. God had. Right? Yeah, so true. And um, people who are listening, I totally agree with just like, God has a purpose for you. Maybe people are also thinking that way, but maybe they're also asking, how, how can I know that God has a purpose for me or how am I able to understand that? What if they're wrestling with that question? What would, what would you say? Pray, Yeah. pray about it. Um, you know, you know, grab some verses out of the Bible to make you understand, you know, what God's purpose mm -hmm. is in your life. And although it may not seem like it, ultimately, God will realign you some way or somehow. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like I said, the person I thought I was gonna marry 
doesn't come in comparison of who Annie actually is. Who Annie is is just so far above and beyond who I thought I was going to marry. But right. God blessed me with Annie, right? And like, especially during one of the toughest times of my life. Mm-hmm. And it was just so spectacular how the timing of God's plan and yeah, everything. And, for sure. And God's timing is always perfect. Yes. Um, do you mind me asking, if you didn't go through what you did physically, do you think you would be able to love Annie well? Not as well as I love her right now. Um, that's for sure. Like, not that like I needed to go through that to show my love for Annie, but it gave me an appreciation of life that I didn't have before. Yeah, and I, and that's the thing I want our audience to understand is that the pain always teaches you something. And I'm, I think that through what you're, you've gone through, your relationship is a lot more whole. It's oh. it's a lot more fun. Um, it's a lot more loving. And that's, I just want to kind of point out in a relationship two people have to give 100%. One person can't give 100 and the other person gives 50. It has to be completely mutual. And um, yeah, both have to give full effort, which is what I see. Thank you for doing that. I feel like there's a lack of it in, in this generation, in this culture as of right now. And something that I think is crucial to address is this phrase that we may have heard before, um, and it's don't date potential. This phrase is essentially saying that you shouldn't date someone that you wish they will become later or that you hope will change. Because if they aren't doing it now, what makes you think that they will do it later? So if you're dating potential, in reality, you really are just dating a fantasy, not a person who truly loves or values you. And this is also known as a red flag in a relationship. And there are many others that could ruin the future health of your relationship. And so, Annie, what are some red flags that you think must be addressed in relationships? And as Annie shares with us, you know, some red flags, I invite our listeners to think as you listen and consider if you've seen these red flags in your relationships or have fallen short of them. Yeah. Um, you know, this topic and the previous topic is kind of go hand in hand, right? The listeners and you guys are hearing like, what I have done for Daniel, but um, there's also another level of it, right? I had to be whole myself. I had a lot of anxieties and issues, perfectionism that I had Mm, to like reach for for some reason, right? Like I am not a saint and I'm going to say that right now. Not a saint. I'm not perfect. But because of Daniel's patience and grace, forgiveness, Mm. understanding, slow to, for sure, slow to (laughs) anger, I got to see, you know, how Daniel was going to go all in in our relationship, that it inspired me to want to do the same. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, it got me to the point of wanting to see a counselor to work on my anxiety. Mm -hmm. I would either get really mad at him and just leave the room and not talk to him, Mm -hmm. uh, very cold, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Or I would blow up. And it wasn't fair to him, especially everything that he's been through, that we've been through together. I felt like I needed to make myself whole and I could have only done that knowing that Daniel was going to accept me for who I was at that point. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate what you're saying about don't date potential, but I also think that there is room to talk about what is the potential that we both see for each other and for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so a red flag, I think, would be someone not willing to listen to learn and talk about things to work on right like they're like not teachable not willing to grow yeah exactly that's that's 
the key thing right there is we just want to be the best version of ourselves so that we as a couple can be the best couple that we can be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we are such a self-centric society now. Instant gratification, what can I do to get ahead of my career, all of those things. We kind of stop thinking about how we can impact other people. Right. And I think, you know, a red flag would be not wanting to think about others, I guess. Uh, yeah. Not just about the other person as right. a relationship, but, you know, like, you know, we both had that value of family. So we did discuss a lot about family. Um, you know, we both have faith um, in, in God. Um, and, you know, Daniel's actually Christian and I'm Catholic, but we have worked together on our communication, our understanding. We still, you know, pray before meals and like when we're, whenever we're trying to make big decisions, we'll pray about that. You know, just how can we stop thinking about ourselves and start thinking about the other person as well as each other as a couple mm-hmm. um, instead of like, what can I do to make this better for me? Right. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, you know, even sharing, you know, like how you had to overcome anxiety, making sure you're whole. And I wanted to talk about red flags because let's say given that I've brought up don't date potential, I think something that society kind of values versus like, oh, I'll work on that later. Uh, I'll be, I'll work on being nice later. I'll work on giving to others later. Why not now is what I'm trying to kind of pinpoint at because right now people are desperate to be in a relationship, completely desperate. And that's why it's so important to um, not overlook how people are just saying, oh, I'll do it later. I'll push it later. Um, Because something that I want to point out is patterns. Like if they are consistently giving to others, consistently putting service first into their relationship, I think that's an important part of it. And that's what I see, you know, in your relationship. Consistent patterns of sacrifice, constantly giving. And uh, I hope that our audience, as we listen, like are able to uh, take caution of like the red flags in, in the relationship so that we can avoid the desperation, but also view relationships in a way that is whole and healthy. And so now that we've kind of touched on some red flags to be cautious of and looked at what real love is, the question that I think many of us have now is, how can I date well? Or how I how can I love well? What would be your advice? Yeah, well, for me, I can answer that as well. Because I feel like society feels like once you found the one, it's the end of it. It's a happy ending. You know, it's right. not it's not like a rom com, right? It's once you found that one, that's when the work starts. That's when you put in the work to better yourself for your partner, right? I I don't work on myself for Annie. I'll work on myself for myself so I can be a better partner to Annie. Thank you. Um, yeah. So in regards to that, it, it's just basically. Don't expect when you find the one to be the end all, the final chapter, right? Mm-hmm. It's the start of a story, mm-hmm. in all honesty. And with starting that, starting the relationships, beginning to to step into this realm of beginning to date and trying to figure out, oh, is this person right for me? As we journey into finding if this person is the right one, which is kind of like the question that people like to ask, like, oh, is this the one? Is he the one? Is she the one? How can I, how can we date well so that we are able to know if that person is the one? Yeah, going back to your point, uh, you know, you really see who they are after they get comfortable. 
like you said, you know, the person who keeps pushing off the work. Oh, I'll work on that later. I'll, you know, watch this active listening video later. I'll do this video <laughs> later, right? That's, that's not where you want to be, right? You want to be with a partner who is willing to put in that effort, um, mm-hmm. not only for you, but for themselves. I think it's, like you said, just somebody who's willing to put in the effort and do things now instead of just keep pushing them back later. How does prayer and purpose play into dating well? I mean, for me, a real life experience was the year that we started dating for my birthday, I literally prayed to be happy and to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I didn't pray for a boyfriend or husband. I didn't mm-hmm. pray for whatever bonus or a new promotion. I didn't pray for any of that. I literally just prayed to be happy and to be fulfilled and, you know, being open to whatever comes. And and I'm very thankful that Daniel has helped me to, you know, understand that whatever I may have planned for myself, it might not be the plan. And, and to just kind of accept life of, as it is and just be gracious and grateful for everything that comes. As long as we keep that open mind and, you know, remember that, you know, <laughs> Jesus take the wheel, you're 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 in control. And leaning into that and believing in that really kind of made life and everything that we have gone through as a couple a little bit easier. It was definitely a surprise for, you know, to have something that traumatic happen so early in our relationship, especially as us being a young married couple. We're we're not super duper old. Um so to be able to experience that together, uh, is it Evan Almighty? Bruce Almighty, one of, one of those two movies, uh, there's a line in there is like, when we pray for patience, does God just give us the feeling of patience or does God give us the opportunity to be mm. patient? And I think once we start thinking in that way, you know, you know, in our prayers and everything like that, I think that can help us be more open-minded about who we're talking to in potential dating, having us be okay with being our honest, truthful self. Um, as I mentioned, we laid everything, our, our bad habits, like mm-hmm. all of that on the on the table when we first started talking. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we weren't even dating yet. And yeah. I think as long as oneself is essentially swallowing your pride and your ego, right? Like you're not trying to impress the person. You're you're literally just trying to present yourself as who you are and hope that that person is going to accept you for who you are and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think once you can start taking dating in that context, mm-hmm. honestly, like we talked about this, like if we truly never met each other, we'll be okay, right? We have our friends, we have our family, we have God, we'll be okay. Right. But we truly believe that because we're here together and we complement each other. We complement each other. Yeah. We we thrive to be better, and I can definitely say I'm a much better person now, right. being with Daniel than I was yeah. before. I am very th- very thankful that you're in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, it's that's just what it is. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with your potential partner, and and hope that you're finding someone that can just be as honest as well. Um, And I was just say, and just don't date to date, right? Date with a purpose in mind, you know, date with marriage as the end goal. Date with, you know. And why? Why date with marriage as the end goal? Because after marriage, it's it's the commitment. It's what I strove for when I was going through treatment. It gave me something to fight Mm. for. You know, like every day I'd be going to treatment, but in my mind, I would just imagine our wedding day as our as my end goal or something to fight for. Right. So, you know, date with purpose and don't just date because you're feeling lonely or don't just date because everybody else is dating, right? To find somebody who 
make sure you're complete yourself, but make sure you date somebody who compliments you and just makes you a better person, mm-hmm. right? I've known Annie pushes me every day to be a better person. And, yeah. uh, you know, she is very, very vocal about me advocating for myself, right? I, I never really did before I met her. I just kind of like went along with everybody like, oh, yeah, that, that should be good. But, you know, once Annie started becoming my wife, it made me realize that it's like, hey, I'm a valued person. And she shown that to me, right? Mm-hmm. And I think without you know, dating with marriage in mind of that, it, it, it wouldn't have been evident and I wouldn't have been so vulnerable and open with her. Yeah. And thank you um, both so much for bringing up such good factors to consider because first I want to mention Annie is saying like, I don't need Daniel to, I mean, having Daniel there is a good compliment to me, but even if I didn't know him, I'd still be okay. And that's the thing that shows me that you both have such a loving, personal, intimate relationship with God because you know only God can complete you and only God has that love to complete you. And something that I think my peers don't understand or miss the message is that we think that person, only that person can complete me. But what if that person isn't there? Am I not complete anymore? And so kind of going back to this concept of only Jesus can complete me and the other person can add to me. It can add, can compliment me and add to the completeness that Jesus already gives me. And so thank you both for sharing that. And then the second thing that Annie mentioned was pride and selfishness, which I think kind of connects with purity, having pure intentions. Do you mind talking more about having pure intentions within a dating relationship? Yeah. I mean, again, with our example, my best friend, my best friend, has known Daniel for a very long time. And so after that beach trip, I asked her, I was like, hey, you know, tell me tell me about Daniel. And she had such a surprised sound to her voice that was taking me back like, oh man, like am I, am, is this not a right guy? <laughs> and she straight up told me, hey, if you are serious about this, be serious about this. Daniel is a good man with a good heart. He does not deserve to be hurt. He, he's not just something to occupy your time with. If you're going to do this, do this. If you hurt him, I don't know how we can be friends anymore. For my own best friend. Wow, props to her. Right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I need a best friend like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bless her heart. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for her to speak so highly of him, the way that I would imagine her speaking highly of me, it allowed me to drop all my barriers, all my... I didn't feel like I needed to try to impress him or, or try to, you know, like, yeah, I mm-hmm. can just actually go into this, letting you know, it's like, I actually want to date to like potentially get married. I get that you're not Catholic and that's totally cool, but I want someone that's going to help me grow in my faith. Mm. This is what I imagine X, Y, and Z. And I was able to be open and honest and straightforward and let him know that my intentions in a relationship with him is pure and not because I want your money, I want your cars. Mm-hmm. It, it was nothing about that. It yeah. was genuinely like, I want a partner in this life. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not called by God to be in the holy order or anything like that. I, I want a partner and I, and I hope to find a partner and I hope me being me as I am if if you're interested, let's let's find out more. And then, mm-hmm. But because of that, we did accept each other as we were but we Mm -hmm. also found that we have been shorting ourselves like we deserve better and we deserve better for ourselves but really as well as for each other and so that's why going back into like the being whole part it it helped fuel that it's like okay i need to work on this you need to work on this we need to work on this in fact even though our relationship started on open honest communication 
we still felt like, hey, let's let's do marriage counseling even before we got married, just so that we can, you know, break down any additional barriers that may have still been up for a bit, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're showing true intentions and, and pure intentions going into a relationship, it, it just kind of all falls into place because both parties, no one's trying to be in controlling of the other person, vice versa. We're, we're just truly trying to be our authentic self for one another and you know how can I root you on and how can he root me on yeah Yeah. um I think that connects so well with what Daniel said don't date to just date and that's a pure intention right there and people think that purity is just a really taboo negative thing that shouldn't be talked about in a relationship but I think God puts purity in a relationship for our protection because Annie just mentioned this freedom this creativity that she felt and she was able to let go of that barriers. And that's why I was like, props to your best friend for keeping like keeping you accountable and for helping you um, in your relationship with Daniel. Talk more about marriage counseling um, and how that was for you, because I feel like a lot of people think or assume that counseling is something that is a weakness. And so they decide to avoid counseling when they know that, oh, maybe we do need some advice, some help um, with marriage counseling. And I think Marriage counseling is a sign of wisdom, actually, not a sign of weakness. Can you speak oh, more about that? Yeah, it's a tool. Uh, yeah. a, mo- a mantra we always say is adding tools to our toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um, we could sit there on TikTok and watch all of those videos all exactly. you want. Exactly, yep. <laughs> it yeah. was nice having a person um, that was there to guide us, because just like what Daniel said earlier, we can't read each other's minds. I can say one thing that makes total sense in my head, but right. it just goes over his. Or, you know, Exactly. Yeah, and honestly... Think of it, you know, Danny will probably say this, but think of it like you're going to the gym, right? You got to take care of your body. You have to do the same thing for your mind, Mm. which, you know, helped me, okay, deal with my anxiety. It's like, why am I anxious? Like, what is Mm -hmm. the source of my anxiety? Mm -hmm. Why do I have to be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. So I was putting all these pressures on Daniel for for no apparent reason. Like, I was just being not the best type of partner that I could be for him. Right. So, I don't know, for, for... me for us I felt like it was very helpful yeah oh marriage counseling was definitely really helpful and not only did it resolve some of those issues but it also helped me understand why those mm. were issues as well right for you uh, so basically you know when you were angry at me or I was angry at you for some reason I didn't truly understand why there was a reason why you were angry but there was another reason why you were angry at being angry right and so it helped me figure that out too that made sense (laughs) and so like yeah like going back to her point i do equate it to kind of going to the gym you have your emotional muscles and your mental muscles that you need to work out if you don't have the right tools in the toolbox to fix something properly it's just going to build and build and build and you know with marriage counseling i felt like it definitely helped me with you know a lot of childhood trauma that I that I didn't oh, fully really? process wow. that I wasn't able to, mm-hmm. you know, like deal with at that time. And then it brought up things that I was like, oh, hey, I did experience this during childhood. And through that, I brought it out or I, you know, it, I lashed out on at Annie in regards to that childhood trauma. And so with marriage counseling, they're able to, you know, help us identify those things where mm. it wasn't that sole reason of why Annie's mad at me. There's a bigger reason why she's mad at me. And we need to figure that why. And then which, with marriage counseling, it gave us the tools to kind of break down those barriers mm. and those walls. That's so good. And really opened up our communication, uh, I, mm-hmm. I felt like. Um, really kind of opened up, you know, like the reason why the reasons who we are sometimes and it also gave me a reason to understand and accept that and mm-hmm. you know like love her for who she truly is right mm-hmm. we're both still going to have these like traumas that we're going to be dealing with but 
now that we know that, we also can accept it and love it and work off of it too. Mm. So, so yeah. Literally, just talking to you is such a beautiful marriage to witness、um, how you actually die to yourself to live for one another. It's truly amazing. To nicely wrap up this kind of conversation that we're having, I want to circle back to what we talked about at the start: real love. The real and disheartening issue so many people are struggling with right now is placing their identity, their worth, and their value in another person. Um, seeking approval, seeking acceptance. We, because we're desperately wanting, we're desperately looking for love, desperately looking for acceptance, approval, belonging, and of course, we were made to love, and we were made to be loved. So we have every right to search for love, but desperately searching for love just to look cool, or just to fit in, or just to fill in this void of emptiness, is not the love we were made for. How then can we get rid of the desperation of just wanting a boyfriend or just wanting a girlfriend because everyone else has one? Honestly, like my mom has instilled in me of you can't take care of others until you can take care of yourself. And so, if you're trying to find validations, completeness, you know, so on and so forth, through someone else, I think that's a good time to take pause, take time for yourself in prayer, in silence, to really、mm-hmm. examine like what. Are you wanting? What is that person going to bring to you that's going to make you feel complete or whole? Like,、mm-hmm. what exactly is it?、Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's really important to do self-examinations all the time.、Mm-hmm. And until you can be, you know, truly loving yourself, you will never ever truly love someone else.、Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, to kind of piggyback off that as well, it's just people are—we're human. We have our faults. We have our flaws.、Right. If you're trying to find validation in another person, it's not going to work. We have our faults. We have our flaws, and you know, until you recognize that, until you realize that, like like Annie's saying, is you have to love yourself before you can love somebody else.、Mm-hmm. And how can we start loving ourselves first? What does that look like? Back to honesty. <laughs> yeah. No. Like just、yeah. as you can say, you know, just kind of understanding who you are. You know, what makes you happy? What makes you sad? What makes you mad? I am a big proponent of therapy as well and、mm-hmm. counseling. Right. For me, you know, if your arm is broken, you go see a doctor.、Mm-hmm. If you dealt with some trauma somehow, some way, go see a therapist. Go see a counselor to deal with those things to to make yourself whole. To to make sure you are yourself for your partner.、Mm-hmm. And like Annie says, it's just like we're both complete people ourselves, but we just make each other better. And I think that's so important to. Touch on because I want to kind of add on like once we're established in a firm foundation of who we are, of who we truly are, of who God says we are, then we aren't as desperate to be in a romantic relationship because we know we're already completed just the way we are because God says we are. All right, last question here, just as a fun way to end, what is the greatest advice you've been given? For me, it's always. Your attitude determines your altitude.、Mm, If you have a great a attitude、one. towards life, towards your relationship, towards your relationship with God, you're gonna fly. If you're down on yourself or whatever, you're not gonna fly as high as if you were to, you know, be be happy with yourself, be be whole.、Um, I think that's definitely what got me through, you know, my diagnosis and my treatment was I had a great attitude, and that's what all the doctors told me as well. While you went through this, you. You had a great attitude. You always had a smile on your face. You knew you were gonna do well, and, and so with that, I think that's my my one piece of advice and my greatest advice I've ever heard is your attitude determines your altitude. 
Yeah, for me, it would be back to what my mom said of you can't love others unless if you love yourself. You can't expect things from others until you expect something from yourself. Like if the whole world erupts in fire, for some reason, you're the last one there. You have mm. to make sure that you yourself are self-sufficient, smart, determined, whatever else. Right. And then, you know, from work, from friends, from relationships, that's when you start attracting that same vibe. Really good advice. Thank you. Um, and it's time to see what our challenge is for this month. In celebration of Valentine's Day coming up, I challenge you to cultivate a deep connection with God by reading the Bible, grounding yourself in scripture, prioritizing mass, and perhaps telling him your disappointments, your pain, every anger or sadness or doubts that you have. Love and prioritize him with all of your heart because only that relationship will fulfill every longing you have been living with, show you that you were made for more than any mediocre relationships, and guide you on how to love your partner or your friend with purpose, trust, honesty, and selflessness. With God, you will never have to ask, does he love me? Because the answer will always be, he loves you. He loves you always. You were made for God's love and nothing less. Do you two have anything else you would like to add? Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Well, Annie and Daniel, you two literally are the greatest people with the greatest love story um, and the greatest wisdom. So I feel so blessed to have you here on Through Thick and Thin. Thank you for being here, for sharing your wisdom. And we send you all the love and best wishes in your marriage and the little sweet family that you'll build. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And thank you to everyone who has tuned into this podcast. Once again, you can find us on the free Hail Mary Media app or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're on the app, Check out other Vietnamese prayers and sermons and follow us on our social media pages linked in the description area below. Remember to love God more than you fear your cross. And we will see you on Friday, March 1st for another exciting episode. We wish you a lovely Valentine's Day and most importantly, a Lenten season filled with lots of love, holiness, and purpose. Until next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Through Thick and Thin produced at the studios of Mater Day Radio in Portland, Oregon. Learn more about this podcast, our other shows, and other Vietnamese content by visiting the free Hail Mary media app. <laughs>